You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. I don't have my glasses. You don't? So you can't see I don't. what you're saying? I, it's really, it's been like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting a headache. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> there you are. So. I'm waving my arms. If nobody can see that. Nobody recording. can see that. <laughs> I'm waving my arms so Christy can see me. Um, how did you feel uh, about interviewing somebody that's younger than your ch- children today? And my kids? Um, I absolutely love it. It's, it's just so fun. I mean, like, obviously I've been feeling a lot of the next generation is like coming into the space and really shaping it. And it's just, it's fun to see. So besides, you know, um, obviously Mason working on a lot of the lifetime events and him putting his own spin and, you know, telling me I'm acting like the old, the old person with the get off my lawn sign. Um, you know, it's, (laughs) it's, it's so lovely. Um, in all honesty, like at, at Unbound Camp a couple weeks ago, watching him kind of grow into the space and then also him interacting with so many of the athletes that I've known for so many years. And they're just like, he's so sweet. He's such a nice, he's such a nice kid and he does such good work. And, and then having Anna on the podcast today was just, you know, when I asked her the question that everybody will get to hear when they listen to the podcast, it's just like, wow, she's 23. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so fun. It's just, it's cool. I didn't ask have, her, but I was like, there's also a good chance that her parents are either my age or younger. Yeah. Cause you're only four years older than me. Right. I don't remember how mm-hmm. old you are, but I was like, there's a good chance that her parents are like our age too. For sure. And I mean, it's just, it's fun having been here with this, in this space, I mean, since the beginning or very, very close to the beginning. And then like, literally it's been around long enough that there's the influence is there. And I love, I'm, well, I'm excited for people to listen to this. So let's just leave it at that. So, yeah. Okay. So we've been talking around it. We have Anna Yamuchi. Is that how you say it? Yamauchi. Yamauchi. See, I got confused because her Instagram is spelled different. I, thought I was really Yamaguchi. confident going into yeah. it. And then I was like, uh, uh, it's not spelled okay. the same on her, her screen name as it is on her Instagram handle. But um, Abandon Almond has been talking up Anna like all season. She's like, people need to be paying attention to her. And she's, she's kind of, she came in solid, like a solid second place at um, Belgium Waffle Ride, Arizona. She's mm-hmm. not going to unbound because she's going to be in finals for college. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should send a note to her professors. <laughs> That's crazy. Right. No, um, I love it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it was really fun to talk to Anna today, kind of hear a lot about what she thinks of the gravel scene and what she thinks of um, just her perspective on what's happening with women in sport, what's happening with mm-hmm. diversity um, and sport and just a lot of those different things. I, okay. So she says she's going to work like a job. Like she has a job lined up. I don't think she's ever going to work that job. I think she's going to be like, I don't know. Who knows? What if she's, what if she figures out a way to do both? You never know. 
So I think she's going to do a page power, but she's going to be like, I have this opportunity for this limited time to like crush it. And I can yeah. always go into that field. Yeah, right. it's true. And boy, it sounds like if you see her coming on the downhill, you better watch out because she is just going to crush the downhills. Yeah, it's going to be fun. She's like a downhill skier and does all the flip thingies and downhill mountain You're biking. You're giving away the whole interview. I know, but it's just so good. Everybody's going to want to I will say there's a little bit of a um, quality Glitch. change in her audio because she was outside in the beautiful sun and then like the computer had an issue. Um, so you'll hear the difference in the audio when the interview switches to where she's inside. So just like bear with that. But um, yeah, I think y'all are going to really enjoy this interview. Okay, I have to say I'm so jealous of today's guest's background as I'm sitting in rainy, kind of cold-ish Seattle area. And her background, I was like, oh, when she came on. <laughs> um, it looks so sunny and beautiful there, Anna. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like 75 degrees and sunny. So I was like, I have to sit outside during this. So yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Okay, I already said I was going to screw up your last name, and now I'm paranoid to say it wrong. So I'm just going to have you tell everybody your, your last name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not even trying. It's funny because it is so phonetic, but everyone just gets intimidated. It's Yamauchi. So, yeah. All right. So we have Anna Yamauchi on the podcast today, and uh, you have been making quite a stir in the gravel scene this year. So. <laughs> Uh, and we just learned you're a college student and <laughs> you're like, well, I can't come to Unbound because of finals. So, so I'm excited to get your story. And where we usually start with folks is just, we want to hear, how did you get on the bike? Like, tell, take us back to what your story is of how you ended up riding. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I have a super long history with the bike. Kind of my parents both grew up or when I was growing up, my parents were mountain bikers and road bikers and so when I was probably eight years old they got me this tiny little drop bar road bike and I would go on weekend weekend rides with them and every once in a while I would get go on a mountain bike ride with them so kind of growing up I was always surrounded by the bike um in high school I got my first bike and I did or my first mountain bike I did a year of Nika um and got involved a little bit more with the bike scene but it didn't quite stick and then I broke my leg senior year in high school and I kind of used my mountain bike as physical therapy really enjoyed the process um went off to college put my bike away for a little bit and then COVID happened in 2020 and all of a sudden I was just like spending all my time on the bike because I couldn't really hang out with friends I moved home and I'm from Truckee so amazing trails and kind of just rode my brains out and all of a sudden I was like wow I'm pretty fast um yeah and then in 2021 I did my first mountain bike race since NICA and that was the Tahoe Trail 100 and had a lot of fun with that came back to college did mountain bike nationals in Durango and then kind of after those two races and a couple more in between, I was like, okay, I kind of want to go all in on this. So last year was my full first 
season of racing mountain bike and road stuff or gravel stuff actually have not done any road racing don't know if that will be in my future but yeah, yeah that's okay nobody here cares about road racing so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's like I guess as jam-packed as possible quick little history of everything so where where are you going to college now so I'm at Cal Poly in San Luis San Luis Obispo studying uh architectural engineering and I'm in my last quarter so I have like nine more weeks of school so just got to get it done nice <laughs> well that's an easy major too <laughs> <laughs> I was just do, like, do you, oh go ahead sorry Catherine <clears throat> I was going to say, do you think you'll like take after you graduate? Do you think you're going to go try to do the racing thing full-time for a while? Or are you going to try to get a job as well? Well, I actually have a job right now lined up. Um, They know what my situation is of like bike racing right now. And they're pretty flexible and excited for what my future is and willing to work with me. So I think I kind of have the most perfect setup going into the future. and still feel like I can kind of go in whatever direction I want. I think regardless, I want to kind of, con- or just per- pursue a career still in the engineering world. That's awesome. So how did things start when you, when, when you went to nationals? Um, did you do well there? Yeah, I did pretty well there. It was funny because I was basically like second place in everything I did. I did the whole Omnium thing. So I had short track cross country, downhill, dual slalom, and team relay. And I ended up second in downhill and cross country and omnium, which was like the overall. I got like third in short track and fifth in the dual slalom. So it was cool because I left being like, okay, I'm hungry to get to the top step. And it was like almost more powerful than just showing up and winning. Yeah, that makes sense. And you had a pretty good um, run as well. Was it BWR Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. That one was kind of what surprised me the most, I guess, just going into this season. I had no clue if I had made any progress with my fitness. You kind of just go through the base season and I put in more miles than I ever have and just kind of put my head down and had fun with the process, but worked pretty hard. And at BWR, I ended up second behind Sophia. So. I was pretty happy with that result. Yeah. And it was a very strong field that was at that race as well. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool just being in a lead pack for a while with Sophia and Alexis um, and just learning a lot about the race dynamics. So it was just such a good experience going into the lifetime stuff and just having way more confidence. So let's, let's just ask this question. How old are you? I'm 23 years old. There we go. Yep. <laughs> You're literally like younger than my kids. Your <laughs> kids, Christy. <laughs> I love it. What made you decide to apply for the Lifetime Grand Prix? That's a pretty big undertaking with starting yeah. a full-time job and graduating from college, like, and all the things. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wanted to have a super competitive race calendar and so up to all of these races where I can challenge myself against the best people out there. And Lifetime is cool because it builds my schedule for me. And it's kind of the place 
I mean, that's the state of gravel and mountain bike racing in the U.S. right now. So, of course, I want to be a part of it. It's what the brands love. It's what there's the following um, and just incredible athletes who I look up to. And to be able to race against them is a pretty special experience and opportunity. I think it's going to be fun to watch, you know, your yeah. the fandom come along with you, like yeah. young girls and whatnot, start get, starting to get to know your name even more mm-hmm. and following, following your path as well. So you get to be For a sure, yeah. role model. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about that. And I think it's really cool that this year they tried to get a couple more young kids into the series. Um, I know on the guy's side, like Ian too. And it, yeah, I think there's, kind of the idea that gravel racing is for older people and it'll be (laughs) interesting to see the shift and if there's like a younger demographic in the future well yuri hoswald always talks about his aarp um gravel membership card it's like (laughs) (laughs) the old guy on the bike out there now which it's crazy it's awesome Uh, yeah i I mean some of it too is like you got like in your twenties, you are establishing yourself in your career so much. You don't have a lot of extra cash a lot of times. And then cycling is like a sport that takes a little bit more time. And so that, you know, that you love that and you want to focus on that young is it's a little, you know, I saw that a lot in triathlon too. Like there would be a huge gap of people in their twenties. And then all of a sudden their thirties, everybody was like, I need a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) One of the most frustrating things about going to big gravel races in the last few years is I have been getting sick pretty much every time I travel. And I travel about once a month for work or to a big gravel event or something related. And it's so frustrating when I get there and I can already feel the sore throat and the cold coming on. And it really takes me out for several weeks. And that's why I'm excited about our new podcast sponsor, Prevenex. We've worked with Prevenex within our Feisty brands for a long time. If you listen to Hit Play Not Pause, you've heard about joint support. Um, You've also heard about their great protein powder. But I am really obsessed with this product called Immune Health Plus. It has helped me go from getting sick every time I travel to I've not been sick one time this year. And, And I've also been on the road a good bit already this year. So it has Everything that you need for immune health support, and it's way better than anything you're going to find in a grocery store or health food store. It's supercharged with immune-boosting ingredients like elderberry fruit, extract, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, and calcium. Now, if you want to stay healthy through your race season this year, you're going to use the code GIRLSGONEGRAVEL for 15% off your first purchase of Immune Health Plus or any of their other products. That's Girls Gone Gravel for 15% off of your purchase. And you go to Prevanex.com. You can find that in the show notes. To live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. 
And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit insidetracker.com slash feisty. That's insidetracker.com slash feisty. I'm curious being um, one of the younger people coming into the gravel scene and, you know, we've talked to a lot of women that are in like their thirties and even pushing into their forties. And they've talked about what a challenging path it's been as a woman. Um, but you're seeing it from a different side, right? Like you're seeing it as women's sports are really rising and mm-hmm. conversation is rising. Like how do you view the opportunities? Um, you know, I know you don't speak to everybody in the younger generation, but I, I am just curious, like, yeah. is there a different mindset or perspective? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, really interesting because I've kind of grown up doing sports that are male dominant I grew up ski racing and doing big mountain and in big mountain I was like one of three girls on the team and you're just surrounded by men so kind of being in that environment where you're just you feel like a minority as a female is something I've been used to for better or worse and it's interesting going now into kind of a different situation but in the two years that I've been in the bike community, you see it evolving. Um, And I think now is a better time than ever for women in sports. And I hope that the trajectory just continues. Um, It's so cool to see that like women just being in a group of women and like the camaraderie and everything, how beneficial it is for the sport. And I think you see that not just in endurance sports, but especially like extreme sports. And it's really cool to see like freestyle mountain biking or even like freestyle skiing, where which was like the group of girls I was with and how much it's progressed. And like 14-year-old girls are doing double backflips now and like spinning off of anything. And it's the same for freestyle skiing or freestyle mountain biking. And I think that's not as like clear right when you look at the endurance community but that same shift of energy is for sure there um yeah with you having your parents having been involved and seeing them ride and all of that how Mm -hmm. are they still involved yeah I mean they're not technically they're not that involved in any way like it's pretty cool that they've been so supportive of whatever I do but they never really pushed me to race and are still, they definitely show up when they can and cheer me on and support me. Um, so it's kind of the perfect amount of support and they still love to recreationally ride. Um, my mom's actually racing the shorter distance at Sea Otter and she's oh, excited fun. about that. She's still like Chucky's covered in snow still. So she called me yesterday and she was like, I just went to Reno to ride my bike for the first time in forever because I'm scared about sea otter. She's like, oh, you'll be fine. You've been cross-country skiing. Cracky has gotten a ridiculous amount yeah. of snow. <laughs> just like seeing pictures of my house, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is <laughs> never going to melt. <laughs> yeah. 
I know some people are even concerned about sea otter because of the all the just like one atmospheric river after the next keeps yeah. coming through up there. Yeah, because we get the same weather that they do really because we're like two hours away. And it's been two weeks since it rained and the trails are still just so, so muddy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was th- when you were talking about your the flipping and the um like all the crazy stuff you did. I was like, man, you're going to bomb those downhills at Leadville. <laughs> yeah, kind of. That's definitely my favorite thing. At one point I was like, I think I just want to be an enduro racer, but I don't know if it quite suits me, but I have the most fun descending for sure. That'll serve you well in the series. Like that was one of the things we saw yeah. last year is everybody has a really big engine, right? <laughs> when they're out in the lead but it's a lot of times who can do the technical and who can like get through some of the packs and who can go down the hills faster that get a little bit of an advantage yeah it's interesting I think a lot of it is just yeah conserving energy on the downhill is what I figured out because if I can recover on those downhills and things then yeah super beneficial well and if you're not scared of speed yeah (laughs) Like Crusher and the Tusher, like the, the climbing at Crusher is obviously a lot of what it's known for, but the truth is, is like the descents are also pretty harrowing. And if you're, if, if that's what you love, there's a great Mm -hmm. opportunity there. So for sure. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's fun. And do you have siblings that also ride or no? I have an older brother and he does not like to do anything cardio related <laughs> it's pretty funny yeah that's amazing <laughs> yeah so a lot of the time like there will be family activities and we'll try and get him out to ride a bike with like my parents and he's not about it <laughs> he's like nope <laughs> no. not too bad. <laughs> I love that your mom's coming to see otter yeah so, alongside you um, okay. I want to ask you about this and I should have asked you before we started recording. Um, so if you, if we can delete this question, if you're, if you don't want to answer it, um, but I, you know, we do talk about in gravel cycling, especially at the elite level, there's not a lot of diversity, um, in those fields. And so, um, you would be one of the few women with diversity. So with diversity, I don't think that's the way you're supposed to say that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> How do you view that, like coming into the field? Yeah, I mean, I talked about this with Amanda a bit because she's kind of in the same position mm-hmm. of the half Asian and kind of, I think, the mixed ethnicity. You get a little bit of kind of everything. Um, and it is such an interesting conversation. And I think diversity is an issue at the pro level, but also just in the sport in general. And it is so cool to see how the industry is trying to create just a more accessible kind of sport and a community. Um, And yeah, I think that if you can have more representation at the elite level, then people will look up to you and be like, oh, I look like them. I want to do this sport. And I think there is a place for me in it. So I think if brands and if just people in the sport in general can kind of 
show that representation and diversity, um, it's essential for growth in the future of the sport. So, I mean, I guess I'm just recently have kind of seen that I can have that power and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think you talk about how sport is kind of selfish in some ways, but with gravel and just the state of cycling right now, I think it is so, so much more than just like yourself. Yeah. 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 So, <clears throat> oh, sorry, Catherine, go ahead. I felt like you had something else. Oh, I just am curious because with being a full-time student, I know that you said you have nine weeks left in architectural engineering. What, what does your schedule look like where you fit the writing, the type of volume and writing in that you need to do to be able to compete at this level? Yeah, it's funny because since I'm a student, my schedule isn't quite as predictable as say even like a job where you go to work and you come home and you're done and can check out. So of course my homework load will fluctuate week to week. So some weeks I'll be able to ride my bike for like seven hours. And then some weeks it's like, oh, I'm not that busy. Like, let me do some more long, longer endurance rides and I'll do like a 20 hour a week. So I think I just try to work on a week to week basis and work kind of make sure that I'm getting my school done and it's as low stress as possible. And then using all my extra time basically to train. Um, and right now I'm only in morning classes, which is really nice. And I think that's like a huge thing that depends, like determines how much I can train. Um, I'm not in that many units right now. I'm only in nine trying to wrap things up, but I am in two labs, which is pretty time consuming. So mm. yeah, bottom line is school kind of comes first, but it's being able to make it low stress. So training still seems fun. And it's not just another thing that I have to get done. Are you doing all your training rides solo or do you have someone that you're out there crushing it um, with and mixing it up? Well, I like to ride with my boyfriend a lot. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's Christopher Blevins. So I have a speedy riding partner. So on the weekends, a lot of the time I'll do endurance rides with him. And then at Cal Poly, there's a great group of kids. Um a lot of talented riders and so yeah I'll try and ride with a lot of people as long as I'm or I'll even drag some people along on my intervals some days which is fun too so I think just having community makes the whole process so much more fun less repetitive so yeah I've been trying to be super conscious of that this year of just yeah, it's your social sure hour it's on your bike exactly exactly <laughs> yeah Okay, I'm going to be yeah. honest. We don't really care about the guys' field on this podcast, so I had to look at Christopher Blevins. That's funny. I had heard that he was your boyfriend. <laughs> and when, the way somebody said it, I was like, okay, he must be like an elite rider, but then I forgot to look him up. But he is. Like, he just kept it. Yeah. Epic, and he's done some he's things. He's kind of fast. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I forget how fast he is. And the other day, we actually went out and we did our intervals, like, separately, but at the same time. And he was just, like, zooming past me. And I was like, Okay, yeah, I kind of forgot how fast you are. <laughs> He's also incredibly sweet. I yeah. got to work with him on a, on a project for I think it was Big Sugar, maybe I don't remember, but he just was the nicest human. It was so humble and very kind. So, um, I mean, much like you. So, 
<laughs> but anyway, it's like, it's fun. It's fun when you meet athletes that are fast, but are also really interested in, in being accessible and helping share the love of the sport. And that's, that would definitely be my impression of him for sure. So don't tell him I said that. <laughs> <laughs> how did, how did y'all meet? Did you meet through mountain biking? No, we actually met through my kiteboarding friend. And this was right when I was getting into biking and I was telling him about how I had done my first century ride. And he's like, oh, you should meet my friend. He's really good at biking. And I had no clue who Christopher was and how he went to Cal Poly. But yeah, we met and things worked out. And I think we've been dating for like two and a half years now. So it's been a while. Nice. And is he yeah. doing the Grand Prix? I should know. He is not. No. He he does <laughs> he, just, the, he does mountain biking. So he does mountain biking, um, and he's basically over in Europe all summer doing all those World Cups. Okay. Um, yeah. He'll be at Sea Otter though, which will be fun. Nice. So. And is Sea Otter going to be like the first big lifetime event you're doing, or did you do any last year? I did Sea Otter last year. Okay. Yeah. But you haven't done any of the big gravel events or any of that yet? Nope. Yeah, I haven't done, honestly, like that much gravel in general. I think I've done four races, maybe four or five. So it'll be really exciting this year to kind of, because within gravel racing, it seems like there's just so much variation in what gravel Mm -hmm. is. So it'll be cool to get a kind of wider taste of it yeah awesome i'm <laughs> bummed you're not gonna be unbound but that's like i did not know that yeah yeah but okay yeah that's fine <laughs> <laughs> next year there's always more time i'm 23 there's years always old. more time you're 23 years old it's, it's, all all time. Yeah, it's all good um uh, well i'm curious because you're primarily a mountain bike rider, you haven't done that many gravel events, but what are the big differences that you're seeing between the gravel and the mountain bike events? Um, I think I just love how different they are. Um, and I think the race dynamics itself, I've never really ridden and raced in a pack. Um, and I think maybe that's one of the biggest things, but ultimately, I mean, the way I see it is you're pedaling hard regardless for a certain amount of time. So um, I don't know what necessarily is different about them. But I think like skills definitely transfer to both. And it's yeah. kind of funny. I think I'm better probably on a drop bar bike at descending just because I think maybe it's the ski racing, but I'm kind of fearless when it comes just to high speed and like squirrely downhill descents. So <laughs> don't know where that came from, but you will really love Crusher then. Yeah, I'm <laughs> definitely most I'm most excited about Crusher for sure. <laughs> Are there any I know you've lined up against Sophia. Are there any of the women in the Grand Prix that you're really looking forward to lining up against this year? Um I think just being amongst them all is going to be so cool because I'm not necessarily one person who will like look at names on a list and be like, Oh, I'm so like, I want to see how I do like in comparison to this person or that person. But I think, I hope I'm able to race with the lead group at some point in the season and just 
feel out the dynamics and what it's like to be there. So, yeah. Gonna be a blast. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think one of the things I saw that was cool last year over the series was seeing the women kind of become, I think they were already friends, but like mm -hmm. just seeing them together at the different races and how those relationships mm -hmm. developed. And I, I don't know the behind the scenes, but I have to think it helped all of them in their careers. Yeah. Right. So I think it would be a cool opportunity if I were in my, sh in your shoes, young in my career to mm -hmm. go, this is a great chance even to learn. For sure. Yeah. And it's going to be so special because I feel like I've followed a lot of these people on Instagram or just kind of been in tune with their races and their careers in the past year or two. So I think that's so special to have the opportunity to race against them. them. And I think that's why gravel's so cool. Like I didn't even have to yeah. be in the Grand Prix to race against them. Um, yeah. That's it right there. Mm -hmm. So. I love it. Well, you won't be at Unbound, but you will be at um, all the other Grand Prix events. Yep. Is that yep. true? Yep. And then do you have any other uh, gravel or mountain bike events on your calendar? Yeah, I'm doing a little bit of other stuff and it's, I'm kind of just taking it one month at a time and seeing what mm -hmm. I really want to do just because it's kind of overwhelming to think about come November, what I'll really want to be doing because it is such a long season. But right now, I think I'm going to do Downeyville for sure. Um, maybe back 40 up in Canada, um, just because Jeff and Katerina Nash are going to be up there. So it's that's a really easy one and looks pretty fun. Um, I'll probably do Gravel Nationals. Um, Little Sugar, the mountain bike race, the weekend before Big oh, Sugar. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one. Um, I've ridden some of those trails a bit and they're so much fun. But other than that, I don't quite know what I'll be doing. But as far as adding extra races, I'm leaning towards adding as much mountain biking stuff as possible. Yeah, awesome. Well, and you're starting a new job. Yeah, <laughs> which I think it takes a lot of time. <laughs> the new job is going to wait till after the season ends. So that's oh, kind of nice. nice. Yeah. So, okay, so I'll graduate the summer to play. Exactly. I'll graduate and then move back home to Truckee for the summer and use that as home base. Um, probably work at a bike shop. I think I might coach Nyko a little bit, um, but lean into the whole bike racing thing for, for the season. And then who knows what's next. But that's awesome. I mean, you may yeah. never start that job. <laughs> <laughs> if your parent, if your mom listens to this, she's definitely going to start that job. <laughs> <laughs> so I took school off last year for two quarters. And my parents were like, you need to sign a contract because you might not go back and graduate. And they were like, oh no, like she's not going to graduate college. But I mean, I knew for sure I was gonna, but it was pretty funny. My parents were like, uh-uh. Honestly, good for you for finishing because <laughs> that would be something you would regret. Maybe not yeah. right now or tomorrow or in five years, but in 10 for sure. No, for sure. Awesome. I definitely knew all along that I wanted to for sure get my degree and do something with it. But last year I was like, okay, I'm not really in a rush and I'm kind of feeling like in a rut with school. So it was so nice to take a break and come back yeah. to it. 
I can imagine college being somebody that got college interrupted by COVID. It's just, you had such a weird experience. Yeah. It's to like hard to. It's so different. So. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the typical went to college, did all these things mm-hmm. type experience. Um, well, I don't know. I feel like there's a path for women in the sport to make yeah. some good money now. So there, there could, you know, you know, we'll see how the season goes for you. There could be a career there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so people definitely thing. keep saying that to me, but it's like, ah, that's a lot to think about. Like, I just need to put <laughs> one foot in front of the other. Yeah. So, no. Well, I appreciate how level-headed you are on this. It's like, <laughs> just get this done, and then I'll do that, and then yeah. I'll do that, and then I'll do that. I had, like, a momentary <laughs> freak out, like, a couple weeks ago. I think it was coming back, because I did really well at Cactus Cup, too, which is a mountain bike race. And I came back home and there's always that kind of mental shift of going from race mode and back into just normal day to day. And I just started thinking about different races and like different things I could do as well. And I was like, okay, I just need to take a deep breath. And I promised myself that I would take it one month at a time and only think a month ahead. So I'm trying my best to just kind of do the thing and not to think too much about it. Yeah that's a good way to operate it's, yeah. it makes for a lot of fun racing you know exactly just yeah don't overthink it make it lighthearted. um yeah very cool. cool well um if folks want to follow you and your season how, where can they find you where's the best place to connect with you on my instagram it's yamaguchi but it's with two g's so it's y-a-m-a-g-g-u-c-c-i or you can just look up my first and last name um that's the only place where I'm really active I guess if you want to look at my rides I post most of them to Strava but yeah other than that oh yeah we'll put your handle in the show notes okay perfect so well thanks so much for joining us today we're um, really looking forward to seeing how this season goes for you yeah thank you so so much for having me it's been fun you have been listening to the girls gone gravel podcast This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.